Welcome to Peak Curiosity. I'm Abigail. It looks like a few people have joined the conversation in the last couple weeks, so if that's you, I'm super pumped. A special welcome to you. Today's episode features Jared Stevens, a CrossFit and health influencer. He's most popular on Instagram with 111,000 followers. You can look him up at Jared Wayne Stevens. The topics discussed here are how sports can motivate teenagers to make better life choices, the challenges and perks of being a professional athlete, and the conspiracy, or rather truth, of the flat earth. One more thing before we get started, I thought I'd take a second to read one of my reviews. This one is from R. Carlson, and I totally do not know who this is. And I quote, Abigail is completely down to earth and has a talent for finding interesting stories from interesting individuals. She asks great questions and I recommend this podcast if you're curious to learn about things you might not hear every day. What a nice review from my mother-in-law. Anyway, also if you write a review it might end up on the intro. Well with no further ado, please enjoy the episode. Jared, what are some fun facts about you? Fun facts. Probably the best one is I was homeschooled for most schooling. Let's see, I went half of my ninth grade year, 10, 11, 12 was public school, and then a random third grade and eighth grade. The rest was all homeschooled. Which one did you prefer? Well, I had a lot more fun at school. Well, I don't know if that's actually true. I had a in high school, it was pretty fun with friends, but I liked the freedom of the homeschool. So we lived on a farm. There was always something to do. Um, but then once I started playing sports, being at school was just more fun, I guess. Sure. You must be extroverted. I don't know. Um, I'm, I feel like I've gotten better at it, but I mm. would say naturally I'm a little more quiet until I get real comfortable. Gotcha. Yeah. But now doing all this competing and being sponsored by certain companies has helped kind of get me out and, you know, sure. I guess be more with it. Sure. Um, what's your favorite animal? Mm. I would say probably the lion. And if we're just going like on a symbolic one, if we're going on like practical, probably a dog or a horse. Okay. A dog, most likely. So um, my sister-in-law, your cousin, Sheila, Wants to know who your favorite cousin is. <laughs> of course, it's Sheila. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I was trying to remember how this came about, and I could not remember, but now I know. So you grew up on a farm. Was this in Oregon? It was actually in Idaho. Do you know where Parma? Oh, you grew up in Parma? Well, like, let's see. You know where Del Mar Avenue is off of Highway 65? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Um, so it's real close to Fruitland. Mm-hmm. So I went to Fruitland High School, but we were actually in the Parma zip code. So it was just like bubble. I did not know that you grew up here. So I grew up in Fruitland, too. Okay. I assumed, because lots of Sheila's family is in Milton Freewater, I just assumed yes. that that is where you were also. So... My mother and father were in Fruitland, Payette area. Mm-hmm. After we moved off the farm, we lived in Payette and then Fruitland. Um, and then they all kind of moved up there after. What a small world. Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Oh, I hear you're a big Elvis fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was told you. <laughs> yeah. I got the scoop. Younger days, yes. Like, I even dyed my hair black one time in, I think, third or fourth grade. Um, but yeah, now I just kind of feel like it's really creepy, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, like, I guess the older you get, you start seeing, like, how weird celebrities really are, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. All right, so I guess we'll move on. Um, so you're super jacked. So 
when did this happen? Man, I would say, do you know Kenneth Enders? Yeah. So that's my stepbrother. Okay. And when I was 12, long story, but we were in a, lived in an apartment with my mother and they were, him and his father were neighbors and he was jacked and I thought it was cool. And he was super nice to me. Um, he's quite a bit older, I think four or five years mm. and started taking me to the gym with him. And that's kind of when it all started. I was young for my grade. So when I went to high school, I was 13 my freshman year, turned 14. And so everyone was stronger than me. It already went through puberty and I hated that. So like working out was kind of my way to try to catch up. And then it just, I enjoyed it. So it just kept going and it was it out of Fruitland really. Um, I knew if I didn't go play sports in college that I probably wouldn't go to college. And I knew if I hung around Fruitland at that time in my life where my mental capacity was, I would probably just end up in a lot of trouble. So I found the way that if I could just outwork people that I could get out of there. Yeah. And now it's like back, but it's just funny how it all comes full circle. Yeah, it is. I think sports are really good for, for kids to have something to live for and to straighten up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It definitely helped me. <laughs> I was saying I got pretty wild there for a while. <laughs> Everyone has one of those stages. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, like with Sheila and Ben, her brother, mm -hmm. um, like I was getting so crazy that her, like my aunt was kind of saying, hey, you can't really hang around Jared right now. He's a little too wild. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know a lot about Sheila and her upbringing, but they seem fairly conservative. So I'm curious at what the, um, like, was it listening to different music? Their threshold seems pretty low as far as, like, crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, you're saying on her, like, with Sheila. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely, they were a lot more conservative. I mean, we all kind of grew up the same way, but then around high school, I started getting a little bit more wild. Um, I mean, we can get into all the crazy stuff I did. <laughs> you can. You could share your favorite story. Um, I mean, kind of just drugs and dealing mm. and fighting and just being crazy all around, um, there for like a few years, which definitely against my upbringing and caused a lot of problems in the family. And, but I feel like grown up some <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> I think the family all still likes me and loves me. So it yeah. was a nice little crazy patch that we got through. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, well, for me growing up in Fruitland, I didn't go to public school. I was homeschooled, but I, if someone had said, where do you find drugs? I would have been, I wouldn't yeah. have known they existed in Fruitland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely they're around. That just means you kept good company. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of my, my goals, like as I, started looking towards college, you know, and, um, was getting offers to go play. I ended up at a Christian university or, a, I guess, evangel university. And I knew like I needed to make the right friend choices when I got there because I wanted to leave that side of me kind of back there and start new. And so that's what I did. And I feel like I had a pretty good time in college. Um, really focused just on my studies and playing ball. Mm -hmm. So where did you go? So I went to Springfield, Missouri, um, to Evangel University. It's a smaller Christian school. I was there for five years, and then I ended up staying here. So I'm currently in Springfield, mm -hmm. Missouri. Cool. So you played football, and so you even played football in France, like semi-pro? Yeah, so there, it's called their pro division, which kind of depends on the team and the league. It could be anywhere from like a high school team to a decent college team as far as playing level goes. Um, right out of college, I played the end of a season in Germany and then 
uh, like a year and a half later, I got picked up to play in France and their season starts in like February, March, I think. Mm-hmm. So I went over January, started practicing and then was over there for almost a year. Wow. So what position did you play? So I was a running back and then some receiver. And then I played most of the special teams. Nice. Would you do that again? I think so. Um, I really wanted to try to play in the NFL and I had a couple opportunities. I didn't do great, um, which is kind of a blessing with, I had quite a bit of head trauma. So I think playing at that level would have probably just smashed my brains out, but um, (laughs) I would definitely go over to Europe. The playing level wasn't anywhere near what the NFL would have been. Um, And I got a tour and see all kinds of cool places um, on someone else's dime, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no kidding. Did you have to learn French? Well, that was something about the French. So like Germany, their second language is English and they're like totally fine trying to speak it and messing up. They don't care. It's just like they're just excited to see Americans. <laughs> France, it was very different. It took about three months to start getting invited to things, even by my own teammates. Mm. Uh, remember my first day of practice, they called a play in the huddle in French. And so I asked the quarterback, like, Hey, like, what am I supposed to do? I have no idea what that means. And he just kind of scoffed at me. So then one of the receivers who could speak really good English was like, Hey, you need to learn French. Like, that's what you do here. We don't, we don't want to speak English or something like that. So they were pretty standoffish at first, but once I kind of got in, I started learning all the plays in French. Um, so they could see I was at least trying. Uh, they opened up, and then now I'm still friends with a lot of these guys. They've come and visited me over here in the U.S. So the French culture is very different, like more standoffish at first. But once you get in, like they're there for life, it seems like. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, my sister-in-law went and spent a year in France, and she really liked it in She also said that it was amazing how skinny everyone is considering how long their dinners are and how much they eat. Yes. Um, What part of France was she in? She was, I don't remember the name. It was a pretty small town. It was a resort town. She went to a really, really rich area. She was up in the mountains then. Yeah. So I was in this. um, And yeah, everyone was, it's interesting because even up in Paris, whether it's a little bit more, I guess, commercialized, people were a lot skinnier. There's still tons of people smoking. That was interesting, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the big difference there is they don't allow the same kind of GMOs and pesticides that America does. Mm-hmm. And then they keep things a lot more local to the town. So, like, they don't even have to call their stuff organic because that's just the way they grow it. And then everyone's refrigerators are kind of like what we would use in college, like a mini fridge. Mm. Everyone walks to the market almost daily to every other day because you can't store a bunch of food. So then everything's fresher. And you know, like if you go into grocery stores here in the U S it's like you have some healthier options around the edges and then all the rest on the inside is just trash. Right. Right. In the middle. But over there, it's like very different. There's only a couple aisles of like those preservatives type stuff. And then the rest is just pretty much, brought in every week from the local farms, which is really cool. Yeah, that would explain why people are more thin. It was really neat over there. There There's some great things that I feel like would be awesome here in our country, but overall patriotism here, I feel like is a lot bigger. At least it has been the last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't speak of the last year if we can help it. (laughs) Black it out. Yep. I'm wondering if you could give some stats. So like how tall are you and how much do you weigh? And like, what is the benefit of CrossFit over other forms like bodybuilding? Okay. Yeah. So I am six feet tall around 220 right now. And CrossFit is just someone named something that they've been doing since Roman times. So it's really circuit training or high intensity training, metabolic conditioning, really just cranking the intensity up for the conditioning part of things. And then 
at my gym, I know I program everything and we focus a lot on strength. Cause I think that the more muscle you have, the easier it is to burn fat. And then we also do the metabolic conditioning. Um, I think the benefit to doing CrossFit style workouts is you can still achieve pretty good muscle mass, but yet you're having a conditioning that can apply to life. Sorry to bring it back to like this last year, but things are very unknown. What could happen? I mean, we've seen how fast things can change. So the ability to have, a high energy system, be able to run for a long time, lift things, be miserable for a long period of time could come in really handy, maybe sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. How much do you have to eat every day? So I would say right now where I'm not training quite as much, um, just not as many competitions going on. Mm -hmm. I'm eating around 3,500 calories a day. Uh, I know at the 2018 games leading up to that, I was eating around 5,000 calories a day. Whoa the workload was a lot higher, um, doing the team training. We were having two to three sessions a day. And then with my normal job was pretty active too. So sure. Took quite a bit going. Yeah. So yesterday my husband and I were watching some CrossFit on YouTube, some of the games, and we got into watching these ladies. Um, they were doing the snatch and it was just keep putting on five pounds until one of them couldn't do it anymore. And I think they got up to 260. And these girls, man. Yeah. Was that, um, did it come down to Tia and Amanda Barnhart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, watch that. It's crazy how much the, the sport has evolved. Like, you would have never seen girls cleaning 260 pounds five years ago. Yeah. When I started, I started in 2012. I remember at regionals, I got second place overall with a 245 pound snatch. Wow. I would be like almost last place. Right. No kidding. Yeah. The it's announcer just, said, you know, a couple years ago, this was the men's weight. Yes. It's crazy. Like, would be struggling with that weight. Yeah. And it was also funny because one of the, like the girls had really cute faces and stuff, but then you just look face down and they look like men, like men would be proud of those arms <laughs> yeah crazy um and i think it's cool one thing that this sport has done is it's created something that's just as fun to watch the women as it is the men and that's something that's kind of been missing i feel like in sports women's sports at least it's true it's true i think the only thing that women can compete with as far as entertainment value is professional volleyball yes Yep, I would agree with that for sure. Beach volleyball, it gets pretty good, mm -hmm. pretty good fall. Um, so the kipping pull-ups thing, have yeah. you, I want to know how many times you've smacked your chin on that bar. <laughs> Usually people only do that one time <laughs> and learn, keep your chin out of there. Yeah. Oh man, it looks out of control. I don't know how in the world you don't smack it. Yeah, it it's definitely a learning curve, kind of learning all those positions. And it's been interesting. So, you know, I have my experiences is learning it because I wasn't good at any of these things when I started. So I've kind of learned different ways to do it. And then applying it to my gym has been interesting watching people learn to get their butterfly or kipping pull-ups, just keeping them, trying to keep them safe. But I would say just about everyone catches their chin at least once. <laughs> Kind of like box jumps. People are going to get a shin every once in a while. Yeah. Have you gone with Sheila to CrossFit? I did go with uh, Sheila and her younger sisters one time. I mostly don't go because it's so expensive here locally. Yeah. It's like 75 bucks a month. And it doesn't really fit into my work schedule. But yep. I did like it a lot. That's cool. So yeah. where do you do you normally train now? Yeah, so we just have another gym just down the street. It's only 30 bucks a month, and oh, I nice. lift weights. This is one of my questions for what you would recommend for someone like me. So I lift like five or six times a week, and I usually do some sprints one day a week if the weather's good. I'm kind of a wimp, so I don't like to run outside. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm curious what you would recommend for me so that I can get some abs. Abs. So this is going to just be upsetting. It's all 
has to do with food really. Um, my theory on it is getting the diet cleaned up, right? So you're going to strip down any fat or water that you have covering your abs. And then one thing that does help is building your abs like you would build any other muscle so that they're bigger. And like for me, even when in the winter, when I get a little thicker, my abs are still pretty big so they can push through my fat. <laughs> gotcha. Got to get big. Weighted sit-ups. Um, do you know what ab mat sit-ups are? No. These little like pads that they put in your low back. So your lumbar, it has like a curve. Oh, okay. It helps brace your back when you go back, but it also opens up your abs which I think really helps to create like a bigger stretch and then contraction. So you're building the ab muscle because abs are really hard. They're a slower building muscle due to them being mostly slow twitch because they're constantly firing mm-hmm. to keep you from just being like Gumby. <laughs> so hard to build. same with the calves. Gotcha. Well, I, I eat pretty good already. Um, I generally eat probably around 1500 calories a day, which is pretty low for for someone as active as me but yes and do you count each like outside of calories do you count like your carbs fat and protein I don't because that is so much work but I really try to avoid carbs like mostly only carbs from fruit and maybe some chocolate hmm so yeah now do you do that just because you want to stay away from sugars or you feel like you work better on a mostly fat diet um i actually noticed that my brain works better when i am not eating especially gluten stuff mm. yeah mm-hmm. so do you do you feel like you're fueled well during your workouts yeah cool yeah so i've done kind of like some higher fat diets mm-hmm. i did something far back loading but I got too carried away with sugar, but it worked really well at first when I was being a little healthier. <laughs> the idea of fat and protein through the day and then the evening you would load up most of your carbs mm. and it was supposed to create more of a hormone response in men um, for higher testosterone. And it worked really well until I started just hammering tons of Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> sugar. So I went more with the macro approach gotcha. a little bit more. Yeah. What do you recommend for a split? Maybe I'll change something up. So like I try to eat what I think my actual lean muscle mass is. So if I'm 220 right now, I would say I probably have 190 pounds of non-fat, right? Mm-hmm. I'll try to eat around 190, 200 grams of protein. And then I'm at like 350 carbs and 130 grams of fat, which the fat, a lot of times when I tell people that they think it's pretty high, but for men, the fats are really, really important for keeping your hormone levels healthy. And I've played around with it the other way and went into some adrenal issues. And yeah, so a little bit higher fat works well for me. Yeah, fat is super important. So I'm curious what it's like to be a professional athlete. So like if you break your leg, are you out of a job or what's the deal? So... Now, professional is kind of a strange term. I guess I could be considered that since I get paid. I guess I get paid to do the sport more just to look good at this point, (laughs) which, but I knew I started late into the sport. I was 28 years old. So quickly I started learning, well, if I want this to keep going, I got to figure out a way to advertise myself in a way that I'm valuable outside of just competing. So I started working with some of the companies that were sponsoring me towards not having incentive based off of my performance Mm. and competitions. Um, Seeing that, like you said, a leg could break. I'm getting older. I might just get phased out. Mm -hmm. So right now I've got it worked out pretty well to where my sponsors are still paying me as just like an influencer pretty much. Nice. It's 36, you know, I'm on the very tail end of my prime. Yeah. Huh. So how do you stay motivated? It's a good question. Um, and I've struggled with that more in the last two years um, than I have ever. Uh, I had a lot of life changes that were distracting, I should say. Um, but 
ultimately it comes back to when I start getting really lazy and not want to do it. I just feel like God is like, Hey, I gave you this ability to use it. And so use it. And that usually will get me going again. Mm-hmm. And if I, I feel like if I was a little smarter, like when I'm really into training, I'm like really into training and it's very enjoyable. So I don't want to take deload weeks to where I'll start burning myself out. And then that's when I have to get a knock on the head again. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a blessing to be able to move our bodies. So moving them is so important. Yeah, it it is. And 200 members that are expecting me to be a certain way, you know? Sure. Yeah. And then my next question is the worst part about having a good physique is that you have to maintain it. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And I, I realize now, like, I'm my biggest critic. So I'll feel like I'm starting to get fluffier, lose my edge a little bit. Um, most people won't notice it. But I know that day is coming as I get older, you know, it's going to be harder and harder. So I just am trying to keep it into perspective, which will be hard for sure for me. But at 40 and 50, you know, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be and try not to compare myself so much to what I used to be or the people that are younger and way more shredded type deal. Sure. Because I, you know, I want to motivate people. And I do believe that my body right now is a way for me to be able to have a platform, which that platform allows me to be able to talk to people about Jesus, which is the ultimately most important thing. Sure. Do you try to incorporate the gospel and Jesus into your business? Is it like front and center and obvious, or is it a little bit more behind the scenes and individual? So... I tried to not really push it too much. Um, I just know the way I was raised was very pushy in your face, kind of judgy. And I'm not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings in my family. They're all super loving, awesome people. It's just that religion that I grew up in was a little bit more that way. Mm -hmm. uh, fire and And I just know it's a huge turn off to people. And that's the last thing I want is for the gospel to turn people off. So I try to have more of a soft approach with it, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try to live it out, which I'm not always awesome at it, of course. But I definitely pray and hope that people do see Christ through me. And that's brought up a lot of conversations, which gives me the ability to kind of share my testimony and talk to people about it. And it's just been a really big learning process. And then the older I get, the more and more I'm understanding grace, which really helps in those kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. I know some fitness influencers will do a challenge where they will gain like 30 pounds or something just so they can show that it's not that hard to lose it. Have you ever done anything like that? Um, no. <laughs> Maybe I'm too vain. But, like I just wreck my body like that. Yeah. Um, Cause I have seen what you're talking about. There's some guy that gained like 70 pounds and did it and he's doing it again now. And I'm just like, what that does to your system fluctuating like that is like, you're playing a dangerous game with your metabolism and all your hormones. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I've got enough problems already. I need to start another one. <laughs> well, that's totally fair. Um, I'm curious what the CrossFit games are like, mostly when it comes to nerves because it would be normal to get nervous for football games and stuff, but you're relying so much on your teammate and stuff. So when it comes to the games where it's just you, is it an easier thing or is it harder? So now I've done individual competitions. I've never made it to the games individually. Mm. I've made it on a team. Um, so I can only base my experiences individually off of regionals and then some other big competitions I've done. And I find it easier to manage nerves. It's just really different. But with the team, I try to put my focus more on my teammates, which definitely helps. And I try to instill that in the teammates, like care about the person next to you more and good things will happen. Um, as an individual, 
I love that at first because I didn't want to deal with anyone else's stuff. I was managing myself and football kind of taught me how to control my nerves so it doesn't hinder my performance, but some, some bit of nerves and fear kind of gives you that backed into a corner attitude, which can be good in sport. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like I had a pretty good handle on controlling my nerves. Um, One of the best ones, the easiest ones for me is just thinking like, when I start getting super nervous, I'm like, Hey, nobody's dying today. This isn't a war kind of mentality. Like this is supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. So that's always helped. And then once we got to the team, started making the games on teams, then it was kind of, I really felt like I needed to control my emotions and my nerves so that some of the other teammates and younger teammates didn't feel that nervous energy for me and have them implode. Sure. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. Yeah. A lot of rambling. Yeah. No, that was good. What's your gym called and how does, what's the average day in the life of a CrossFit owner? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, so we start with the original name. It was Elite Performance. This is in 2011. I came up with this name. But then that was the LLC. My storefront name was CrossFit 417. So I was affiliated with CrossFit. Used the CrossFit name. 417 is our area code. Mm-hmm. It kind of made it more, I, I don't know, just made it a little bit softer for the population around us. Then I de-affiliated from CrossFit. That was just due to not, I don't want to spend $3,000 a month for pretty much nothing but the name once the name wasn't bringing in a bunch of people. Sure. If that makes sense. So drop the name and now it's called Team 417, but still registered under Elite Performance. Gotcha. Sorry, $3,000 a year is what the affiliation is for that. Um, That's much better than $3,000 a month. Yeah, $3,000 a month. Um, yeah, so 3000 a year. It was nuts. So like the year, I think it was the year before or the year I ended up opening my gym, it went from $500 to 3000 Wow. Dropped the affiliation. Now we're team four and seven. Um, and we're just trying to make it like a team community atmosphere, bridging the gap between our competitors and the general population, which has always kind of been an issue. Uh, I feel like the last year though, we've really come a long ways in getting everyone on the same page and together. What's the, the day in the life part? Are, do you have to get there at open? Are you there till close? So currently I've got some really awesome employees and I usually start my day around seven. I'll have coffee, hang out a bit. And then Three days a week, I have a homeschool group that comes in at 8.30 a.m. And I train them for football-related, I guess, weightlifting. We run them, all kinds of stuff. And then I usually coach one or two of the CrossFit classes three to four days a week. And then the other time, I'm training, chatting with members, taking care of memberships, picking up supplements, cleaning, 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 cleaning. (laughs) And then I always try to make time to do something fun. Um, I don't know. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? Yep, I totally agree. So do you train on your own time or will you just join in with one of the classes? So that's been one of the biggest changes as far as bridging the gap. Um, Right now, we have probably seven or eight competitors. But we require that they do the class workout and the class strength. So it's regularly all of our athletes are doing classes, including myself. And I kind of kicked myself for not making it this way the whole time. Cause it's so fun to get in with the members and like, it's exciting for me. Like I get nervous before every single class I do with them. Um, and then seeing how much fun they're having trying to beat us. And it's just really, it's been a really cool thing the last couple of years we've been doing that. So yeah, I'll train about one time a day. I'll do the class on my training days and then a group of us will meet around 10 a.m and do open gym and kind of do extra high skill stuff to get ready for if we're going to compete so usually two sessions a day one with members one without but then i always i always say like anyone can join so even if like our general population members want to jump in on the 
um, competition training. We just have them come right in. Do you get tired of being known as the CrossFit guy? Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's starting to shift more. Um, with Noble, a lot of times I'm like the flower guy now or the Noble guy, um, which I'm just, I'm glad to be a part of that business. It's an awesome business. Um, but I get it. Like with social media, I'm going to probably be the CrossFit guy for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, I think when people get to know me a little bit better, they know there's more than just the competitor in there. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm fine with it. Do you recommend CrossFit for people who are new to exercising or should they start with something a little easier? So this is a loaded question. Definitely. If then this is the hard part because no, they wouldn't know, but going to the right gym is huge because what CrossFit does is you get your level one. Now you can affiliate and open a CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So you can do day course on a weekend and that, they're qualifying you to open and run a gym. So no internship, no previous studies. You just take their little course. And that's where I feel like it's gotten a bad name. Yeah, that's a really low bar. Yes. So you get Joe Schmo owning a gym, making people do snatches when he has no idea how to teach them. And that's why everyone's blowing their shoulders and knees and hips mm -hmm. out. Um, so I think figuring out a way to educate people on how to choose their gym is a big deal. Um, I do think the level in the last few years for these gyms has raised a little because of the bad rap that CrossFit was getting from hurting so many people. Um, but I definitely think that you shouldn't have to get in shape to go do CrossFit. It's supposed to be inclusive enough to where you can get anyone in there and modify the workouts in a way in which they're doing the same thing as everyone else, but at their level. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to focus on in our gym. So YouTube is a great source to learn movements. I was thinking anywhere you go, it's going to be hard to find someone who's knows what they're doing and is going to actually teach people how to move correctly. So I think people need to take some of it on themselves, especially with the resources we have now in the 21st century. Like YouTube has a lot of great resources on how to move properly. Mm -hmm. So earlier you mentioned fun. What are your other hobbies? So I really like shooting. I have a few guns and I like being practiced with them just in case, you know, you ever need them. I like hunting. I like hiking. I really like movies. Um, I do like traveling, which has been a little different the last year and a half, yeah. <laughs> but still uh, driving places. Um, I really like old vehicles. That's kind of been something that I've come more into the last few years. So those kind of things are fun for me right now. I'm trying to restore a Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm. Was kind of fun, but it's turning into a nightmare. <laughs> so I'll keep you guys posted on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And then Christine this is my lady. She's over here. Hi. She's super fun. So we try to do, hang out and do fun stuff all the time. It's good to have a partner. Yeah, sure. What do you want your legacy to be? That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Um, I would say that I was a servant of Christ and that I truly cared about people's well-being, especially in health and fitness, you know? Mm -hmm. like I love when I see timid 40-year-old men and women come into the gym that have never worked out and are not in shape not moving well and getting to see them build confidence, watch their bodies change and then seeing how they can interact with their kids now and stuff. I just think that's so awesome. And that's really why I got into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I just thought of this. We obviously know that we all die. So what's the point of spending all this time investing in this body that will be no more We'll be resurrected to a final body, but why should we worry about this one? Yeah. So if this is the temple, that would be in all aspects, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then just looking at it on like an earthly level, my grandpa, who was one of my biggest role models, he was so stubborn. He would not work out 
He would not eat right. And the last 12 to 15 years of his life, he sat in a chair, mm. just more and more miserable, getting more and more mean. And it's like, that could have been avoided in my opinion. I've seen 85 year old guys up on the slope skiing, you know, mm-hmm. like just life. And I just think that it makes it easier for you to keep your brain if your body's working mm. and sit in their chairs and watch TV, the brain goes and the body follows. Fair enough. So these are the four questions that I ask all of my guests. So question number one is, do you like the office or parks and rec? Both, but the office is the best TV series of all time. <laughs> How many times have you gone through it? Probably close to nine. Mm. Are you an office person or are you a Parks and Rec? I really like them both, but I like Parks and Rec more. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. So, no hate there. Okay, so this one's my favorite one. Um, Genesis 1 through 11, we have all those pre-Abraham stories. Do you read those as history or legend? History. For you- sure. Like the giants, like the Nephilim, fallen angels, all that stuff. And like the floor, mm-hmm. every yeah, for sure, facts. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there are aliens? Well, if we have to define what an alien is first, I guess. Um, an alien is something that comes from outside of our realm, right? Like outside of, I would say, Earth. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the fallen angels would be considered ETs, possibly. Um. Yeah, I would say like angels and demons to me would be ETs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely not from around here. We would be scared if we saw them for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that there couldn't be life on other planets. I just think with the firmament and God, he's not going to let that come into our world yet. Mm. Hmm. We get really crazy. <laughs> My thinking's out there. So why why do you think God would not allow aliens if he made other creatures why do you think that he would protect us from them well i think that he put the dome over the earth right as protection against us getting out and people getting in so just based off that thinking alone i think that Hmm. we wouldn't know about life outside of our planet um unless he wanted us to oh are you a flat earther I'm leaning that way. Oh, dear. Like, based off the... I would say... Maybe we should do a whole episode about this. Fill me in. I'm really genuinely curious. Um, Well, just some of the stats, to me, don't make sense. Like, how we're supposedly traveling at, like, 900,000 miles an hour or something through space. Um, We're supposed to be spinning. Mm -hmm. China walking upside down right now like if I was walking on the ceiling mm-hmm. to me it does not make sense <laughs> but I think like God said that he has the pillars holding up the earth he put the dome over the top there's water above and below that doesn't sound like there's a lot of room for a globe um, and then if you look into NASA it's just too many things that don't add up okay like, there's not space but there's always seems to be bubbles in space when they're up there they have like these tinfoil looking things that they're supposed to be going so fast through space. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Huh. So what do you think about Elon Musk? That's a good one. So I'm really on the fence with this guy. Um, he seems like he's, as far as the super rich go, he seems like he's got his mind wrapped around like life matters a little bit more than a lot of the rest of them. Uh, I think he's brilliant if he's coming up with a lot of these things that he's doing. I don't know. I haven't really met him, so I can't say too much what I know or think about him. Um, As far as the super rich 1% go, he seems like he is the lesser of the evils. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Man, that's so interesting. Okay, I'll move on to my last one. Who or what inspires you to be your best self? Mm, I feel like that's that's constantly changing because um, I know we're called to try to be our best self, right? Mm-hmm. So that's always there. But 
I think people that truly understand grace and apply it in their life and to other people and choose to be happy, even when things are crappy, those people are really, really inspiring to me because I feel like most of my life I've been more of the like half empty, like the glass is half empty guy, Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't know why I'm like that, but I'm drawn to people with like always having that upbeat attitude and trying to see people where they're at and see both sides of every situation. My personality is very much, I guess, more black and white. I've, I feel like I've, as I've gotten older, I've started to learn, like, maybe we don't know everything. Um, so there is some gray areas. And I think that's where grace really comes in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that people that are just choose love and kindness, like, they really inspire me. And I'm not saying, like, I'm like that. Like, I, I want to be like that. And I try to actively make a choice of love and grace, but there's times I definitely screw up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say that's the most inspiring people to me. Yeah, I agree. Well, this wraps up the interview. Are you sure there isn't anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't think so. If uh, we want to get into some like conspiracy theory stuff down the road someday. Yeah, right. I'm down. Look, I have time now. You lead the way. If you want to talk conspiracy, I'm in. Well, I feel like we'd have to get, we'd have to get like kind of a narrow it down. You know what I'm saying? Because things are so crazy. Okay. Um, so, what What's just the most prominent in your mind right now? So I think the flat earth thing is a big one because um, like your reaction was perfect. Yeah. My reaction would have been a year and a half ago for sure. Like, Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So you're going to go against something that has been the staple our whole lives, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And a year and a half ago, I guess a year and a half ago, I was more to the point where it was like, well, yeah, maybe it could be. Maybe it's flat. Maybe it's round. What does it really matter? Mm -hmm. That was that. Like, there's way bigger things to think about. But then as all this craziness has happened the last year and a half has given me a lot more time to think a lot more time to research a lot more time to, I don't know, grow in towards those areas. Um, and as I keep learning, Satan wants to undo every single thing that God has done. Right. Mm -hmm. Satan's world. Like that's a known thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So why wouldn't he want to try to change the creation story? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, made me think even more like, all right, now looking at all these other things, they're not quite making sense. And I'm not saying I have it figured out. Maybe it is round, but I always want to keep my mind open to a certain extent to see other ways. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Open minds are good. So when you are seeing these videos of earth from space, like from the international space station or anything like that, would you assume that that is fake? So, yes, I think CGI, CGI a lot of times. And I think that a lot of times, yeah, we'll get satellite images, but those are satellites that are in lower Earth orbit. Because mm. mm-hmm. I don't know if it's possible to get to outer space. Hmm. Hollywood kind of like tries to show us, kind of put it in our face almost. What's that show with uh, Jim Carrey? It's a perfect one. They set up his own little world, the Truman Show. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're all kind of in this experiment, it seems like, at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just watched that movie a couple weeks ago, and I was feeling like that. It's so crazy. Yeah, I was thinking about it like, um, we all know that social media caters each of their own platforms to each of their users, so that they will keep their eyes on the screen longer. And I was thinking, man, every time I get on Twitter, every time I get on Instagram, it's like my own little Truman show. Yes. Yes. And I think that's why it's so important that people research on their own, you know, because like algorithms are going to push what you're naturally drawn to. Like it's Mm -hmm. pretty crazy what AI is doing, but um, researching the other side, especially right now when there's so much division in the United States and the world, it's like, 
to understand it, you have to try to see from that other side, which is for me really tough. Cause like I'm, I like have my mind made up to a certain extent on things and it's hard for me to see anything from someone else's point of view if I think it's wrong. Sure. But I think it's so important. Yeah. Do you listen to Joe Rogan at all? Yes. Yeah. He's really good at that. Yeah. He's amazing. Yes. I think he's pretty level-headed and I, I've seen a change in him the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he was pretty woke, but I think he's waking up even more. And I think he's starting to see more value in conservative um, points of view. I totally agree. Because he would really rip on some things that were my way of thinking before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's kind of started seeing there's, there is value, especially since he has kids and stuff. Yeah. He, he has really come around. Although occasionally I'll still hear him where, where somebody will say somebody's a Christian and he's like, what they believe they just believe Jesus raised from the dead. Like he still is pretty not in as far as Jesus goes, but definitely as far as just more conservative and family values. Yes. Yep. Um, I would love to see that guy start seeing Christ, you know, it would be platform would just be incredible what he could do. Yeah. Um, so what would you recommend for me to go read into some flat earth stuff? Ooh, um, I would say hit me up on Instagram and I'll start shooting you over some stuff. Okay, sounds good. This is future me. I meant to have asked where he could be found, but I forgot. So you can find his Instagram page at Jared Wayne Stevens or follow the link in the description. Sounds good. And, that, that, and then, yeah, if down the road you want to do another podcast on maybe some more conspiracy theories or conspiracy truths. Just let me know. I'm in. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So we can save all this conspiracy stuff to the next one. Yeah. Let's do it. That way we don't discredit it too soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for your time. I've had just a great time. Oh yeah. And I thought your questions were really good. It was a good flow. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good rest of your Sunday. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yep. See ya.